Hey, welcome to Nice Work, a podcast of the Super Nice Club, where we're just trying to make the world 10% nicer. You can learn more about us online, you know, on our website, Super Nice Club, or at Super Nice Club on Instagram or Facebook, or you can just text Nice Work right now to 310-421-0393 to join the Super Nice Club Insider Community. We'll get uh, invites to you for local gatherings. I mean, post-COVID, obviously. We do a lot of giveaways, fun stuff, inspirational quotes. It's just, it's cool. It's the Insider Community. You'll love it. Text us, 310-421-0393. Uh, if you want, when you text, you can ask for a discount code on our super nice hats, shirts, stickers, and all kinds of stuff so that you can help spread the word in your community around this simple idea of making the world a nicer place because, damn it, we need it badly right now. We do. We need a nicer world. Uh, if your super nice merch doesn't help start nice conversations, it's not working for you, we'll send you your money back. No problem. Anyway, on to the nice stuff. On to the stuff that you're here for, which is this week talking with my friends, Logan and Skyler, who together are like, they're like the Wonder Twins. You remember that cartoon? You could become like a, a any form of water or, or cool animal. And, you know, they come together like the Wonder Twins to, okay, maybe more like Voltron. Okay, like flashing lights and lion roars and then like, we're Mini Matilda. That's, that's their band, Mini Matilda. So they're like Voltron, not so much like the Wonder Twins because... That wasn't really working. I mean, it's pretty obscure superpower, right? To become like a different, like a cube of ice. I'd way rather be like Doctor Strange and maybe Wonder Woman. Those would be cool. Those would be cool superheroes to be. Um, all right, getting sidetracked. Midi Matilda. That's Logan and Skylar. Their band, Midi Matilda. Check them out. If they're not already one of your favorite bands, which is why you're here, they're about to be after listening to this crazy cool conversation. We get into, of course, how they came together and, and what they're up to, their new release, which we'll play some of during the podcast, but also what it takes these days to make it in a wildly changing music industry. Lessons learned from unexpected, tragic loss and derailment. There's, there's this really a classic rise, fall, and then a rise again story that mirrors what a lot of us go through in our personal and professional lives. You know, they've, they've been to the top with a really meteoric ascent, like Voltron, with a real Voltronic ascent. And now they're doing it again, step by step. But let's be honest. What many of you are here for is to hear about their, until now, mostly clandestine work with Elon Musk on both his Mars exploration and his Neuralink brain implant project. And yes, really, possibly, the existence of alien technology here on planet Earth. Speaking of which, speaking of alien technology, we're going to play Minnie Matilda's latest track, Feel Like That, during the conversation. Not just to preview their new EP, Just a Game, which landed four days ago, but also as a possible example of how alien tech might be leveraged to enhance our audio experience. Or, or maybe to teach us something important. So listen, check this out. Their new EP is called Just a Game. And you just gotta ask and wonder, is it though? 
is it? Is it just a game? Are we trapped in a game? Hmm. In a simulation? Do we need to wake up? And if we do, and we have access to alien technology that is external to the simulation, is it possible to break free? If it were possible, there's a lot of questions I know. Just pause this, rewind, you can write them all down. If it were possible, would it be dangerous to leak this information with our overlords able to simply pull the plug on all of this? Who's watching the watchers? Could it be aliens? I know this sounds crazy, but could it be? And would it maybe be smarter to hide this liberating, revolutionary information in plain sight? Say, in music, in, who knows, maybe a series of songs. Hmm? Hmm? Urban philosopher Too Short once said, don't hate the player, hate the game. That was 20 years ago, and some of us were listening. Are you ready, player one? <laughs> okay, so here we go. A super nice conversation with Skylar and Logan, Mitty Matilda. Skylar, Logan, welcome to Nice Work. Really, really glad to have you on here. Good morning, gents. Good morning. Thanks Good for morning, me. sir. Absolutely. So you two are Mitty Matilda. It's just the two of you, right? Just so far, yes. Is that enough? Is that enough for a band? Skylar can speak on that. Well, well, Logan and I both, we both came from playing in bands. You know, we grew up playing in rock bands and metal bands and stuff. You know, we both, I still, every time Logan and I perform, I still have to pretend that there's other people on stage with us sometimes because it can be really tough to, to be the only sort of standing member on stage, kind of moving around, doing stuff. But, um, you know, I got used to it over the years. And, I, I'm, you know, Logan being as good as he is on the drums and having so much energy, for us, I think we, we just so happen to have a dynamic where we can make it work as a two-piece. But as we're starting to experiment with, and I'm sure you'll hear more about as we, we continue talking, we're, we're really excited to involve other members in our show now. Well, that's what really turned me on to you guys in the first place. I don't, what was the show that we, that we met at originally? You were opening for, um, was it Oland? I remember actually. Yeah, Oland. it was Oland. It was Oland. God, you she's great. You grabbed me. What's yeah, that? She's awesome. You grabbed me in the, in the audience. I remember the moment you were like, I was walking through the audience and then this guy, I was like, hey, I'm a photographer. I went on the tour with the killers. You should talk to me. <laughs> is that how it went? Was like, that's just a straight up name drop. No, if... seriously, I had no idea. You it might have be... been a straight up name drop, but you have to do that sometimes. You got to drop the big name to get the. And it worked. It, it I, worked. I went immediately and talked to Logan. I was like, "Dude, this guy, he's he's bored with the killers. He wants to talk with us." I was, uh, you know, when you go to shows, oftentimes we uh, we don't often pay a lot of attention to the openers, right? It's just kind of like you're an opener. The openers don't get the same sound quality. What is up with that anyway? Why do the openers not get the same? Why does it not sound as good? Because their sound guy isn't as good. Oh. No offense. I'm a sound guy, so I'm oh. allowed to say it. Okay. I'm a professional live sound guy. So I say anyway, I was excited to go see Olan. Olan is, if you're listening, you should check out Olan. She's, well, she's gorgeous, and she's super talented, and she's super gorgeous, just like you guys. Yeah. Gorgeous and talented. Gorgeous and talented, right? So you guys yeah. hit the stage, didn't know who you were, just the two of you. Kind of like a Sonny and Cher setup although totally not. And 
I was just blown away. It, it, like you just said, it does take a lot of energy to, to fill that void on the stage. But it was amazing how I didn't notice that. A lot of it had to do with Logan, your setup with that standing drum kit, right? Which you've since you've added a, a, a traditional kit and you move between the two, right? Yeah, that's something that we have been ex exploring deeply lately of uh, how to sort like Skylar and I were, we've had many discussions about what that experience does for, you know, keeping things moving along. And Skylar had this idea of putting more energy into that and finding someone that sort of sits on the drums now and oh. someone else playing the drums and then allowing sort of a more of a moving between different instruments and sort of taking the uh taking some of the technical aspect of playing the live show and allowing us to be more free to to jump around so we've been doing it as a duo for a long time but now live we are going to expand and explore. wow your fans love the way it's set up right now though towards the end of every one of your sets you guys get pretty fan involved you get out there with the crowd and they're going crazy it's definitely a high energy show especially for just the two of you. So that's what got me hooked. What got me hooked was uh, the high energy show and the music. The music is fantastic. And here we are now doing, when was that? 2000 and I'm going to guess. Let me, just let me guess. Like 2013, 12. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. 2012? Second, yeah. second show. Yeah. Oh, second show. Was that at the Independent in San Francisco? Or, I yes. Mean, yeah. Okay. All right. The memory's there. I've still got it. I've still got it. That's all correct, sir. Okay, so I just want to move back to the basics. Where did it start for you guys? Did you guys meet at school? Did you meet before that? Just give us the give us the history, the genesis. Skylar, talk about your 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 band previous to this band. Yeah, I guess that would be that would be actually where it all started. Would be you know, sophomore year in college. Logan and I were both going to the same college, but we didn't know each other. Um, the call the, the college is called or was called Expression College for Digital Arts. I don't think it's around anymore, unfortunately. Got blown out of the water by the music industry dying. But um, we were uh, I was in a band called Bullets Can't Kill Danny. We were a three piece sort of Foo Fighter against me style alt rock band. And uh, our drummer got really mad at me at one point, I think, and uh, stormed out of the studio and. We, we had all these band drama, and about a year later, after having completely failed to find a new drummer, a mutual friend said, hey, you got to come meet this guy. He's in the studio next door. And it, it ended up being Logan. And as soon as I walked in and heard what he was working on, which it was, I think it was called, uh, it was something like, water for my galoshes, the rain comes down. I, remember, I, I just remember like <laughs> the song almost, it was such like a, like a pointed memory. And, and I was just- You're like, selling it. Is that going to be a release? Uh, is that a that song was released. We're not going to see any money for it, if so. Um, but it was like uh, a light bulb went off, and I said, this guy's a savage, and I really hope he's as good at drums as my buddy is telling me. And then I got a chance to jam with him. I called him up. I was living in uh, Berkeley at the time. I called him up and said, hey, we should, uh, we should jam. And he said, sure, let's do it. That's actually where it all started. He became the, the fill-in member for Bullets Cankle Danny. And then very shortly after that, you know, I, re I realized that there was a long future in, uh, in partnering up with him and doing something new. So that's, that's what I decided to do. And that was 2011 or so, right? That must have been, yeah, like 2009, 2010-ish, right at the end of 2010, I would guess. Actually, no, yeah, 2009, was... because we took a couple years to even get to the point where Daydreams was a thing. 
Okay. Yeah. Or it was two. It might have been two thousand. I'm gonna look. I have. I have every. Because we. I graduated in 09, so it was the year before we graduated. So it must have been mid 08 or something. I'm scrolling through my photos, which I have photos on my phone going back to 2000. Logan actually performed the Bullets Can't Kill Danny release show for our release album, so that would have been 2008. So while you're while you're waiting for Logan to scroll through his photos, uh, everybody yeah. out there, go to your laptop, go to the go to the YouTube. And type in Midi Matilda, two words just like in the show notes that got you here. And then also type in the word daydream and just check out, or it's plural, daydreams. Whatever, you'll find it. Just just, just start looking in, start checking out the videos um, and, and just get into this a little bit. I want you guys to, to get into the audio and the video uh, wizardry that these guys are capable of. And, and then a little bit later on, we're going to play a song and we're going to deconstruct it and talk about not just the song itself, but also the video magic because both Skylar and Logan are intensely gifted with, with lots of different creative and artistic skills, which come from, was it mostly at your time at expression that you learned this stuff? Did you guys already have a passion for this other part of, you know, beyond music when you started the school or, or was it Skylar? Did you just mostly go for audio engineering? Um, I, I went for, uh, a degree. I went so that I could have a piece of paper. Uh, but I, but what I did end up finding was going to that school because I wanted to be a rock star since day one. Like I never really cared about the production side any further than, hey, nobody else will do it. I need to do it, or I can't afford to do it. And then the last thought that kind of came through my mind at the time was, if I don't succeed as a rock star, what else would I want to do? Well, I guess I'd want to be as close to music as possible. So. With all of that, it kind of ended up being expression. I would say that I learned the majority of what I know technically mm -hmm. after expression. Oh, like okay. after graduating, getting thrown into the force, into the force, into the work field, the workforce, and uh, just being met with real life situations. So Logan and I, we've been making music just the two of us for so long that in a way, like the two of us working together for the last almost 10 years has been more of a, a learning experience than anything because we've done everything. We've, we've tackled every single problem and every single part of what we do by ourselves so that's been mostly where i think at least for myself where i've gotten a lot of my education now what about you logan where's your uh where's your video fascination and passion come from in that background um well when i started i was always fascinated by costume design you know animatronics and such which sort of led into creating little videos when I was probably 10 or so on the camcorder, making little sets, um, Star Wars sets, you know, with little toys and filming little scenes and that transition into making lightsaber scenes with my younger brother and, um, and sort of just honestly finding ways to utilize the tools that I have to be creative, as creative as possible with the, you know, it's disappearing on camera and reappearing and just little camera tricks that my dad showed me and around the age of 12 I um, started to get into music playing music and my my dad was um, my dad was an audio engineer songwriter you know music and lyrics and um, was involved in publishing and a bunch of different stuff and so that sort of I had all of the tools at home all the recording equipment tape machines all the stuff and so my dad always helped make um like a studio wherever we were living, a, a studio at home to be able to play in with the you know local bands I was in. And so through similar to that, being sort of like, all right, how are we going to make a, 
how are we going to make uh, recordings at home using the boom box and like figuring out ways to sort of get around the limitations. And right. so that just sort of, I've always been doing both video and music production all at the same time since, yeah, probably 10 or so in different, in different ways. So yeah, still plays out today. It does. And it definitely makes a difference in what Mini Matilda, how Mini Matilda comes across. Uh, and, and you guys are pretty, I would say you're pretty, um, what's the word? Not calculated, intentional. You're very intentional about your image and about how you release things right now. For the last, what, year or two, you've been doing one song at a time. You've been doing sort of the, the singles approach, each with really cool graphics, not all with videos, right? No. But it is the one song at a time approach. What? Where's that coming from? Is that just something that is the way to go right now with, with uh, music? So, so much of the experience between Skylar and I is, I mean, it's cliche, but I don't care because cliches are true. It's this, this, it's the journey of discovering, I think a combination of our relationship together, as well as a creative collaborative effort of um, how, how to finish things quickly, how to see an idea through, how to execute the vision, like and tap into the most true vision of ourselves. And so, you know, and with all, you know, with many hiccups along the way and how to over overcome those and what is the best way to finish and release music and to connect with individuals and, and the releasing of the singles that we did last year in many ways was sort of just how do we finish things that we've already started? How do we, how do we become, uh, uh, what we were saying is, um, consistent Matilda or, um, or, uh, yeah. How, how do we execute things quickly so that we can be more creative and last, so last year was sort of, Matilda. yeah, yeah, exactly. How do we, how do we finish this? How do we finish things? So like we were finishing songs that were five years old, some that were a year old and, right. And, um, and so it was a big lesson learned also within what is the experience of a body of work versus individual works. And so what we're trying now, always trying something new, we're trying to see like, let's just fucking drop six songs all at once, unexpected, beyond style, and see what that does. I mean, everything that we're putting out on this current EP was written this year and finished this year, which for us, two music videos, all this stuff is like an insane accomplishment for us in comparison to what we did previous to this. So, yeah, you know, it's just it's just learning, just learning about how to be the best versions of ourselves. And you guys are doing this currently without label support, right? You had a little bit of a of a tussle with the label, like a lot of bands do, and now you guys are doing this as independents. Is that, is that still true? Yes. Yeah, that's right. And would you say you still have a preference to go that route, or would you would you take a deal if it was the right one? We go, I think, we I think go if, back uh, and forth. If a, yeah. if a label were to come to the table with, you know, the perfect deal, then absolutely. absolutely. So 10 million in cash up front and no deliveries. Yeah, or even, you know, the advance, the whole thing with the advances, I'm, I think we're, Logan and I are both, at least in our experience with the advance, it wasn't even really that helpful because all of that money went into producing a tour um, mm -hmm. and buying equipment and things like that. So I think if you're an artist that has a career already somewhat in place, you already have some cash flow, you have, you know, a business model in place, 
it's a lot easier and a lot more effective to partner up with a label when they see that they've, they don't have to do all that much work, right? Because labels mm-hmm. hate doing work. They've always hated doing work. Now they can't even basically do work. So right. they're really looking for people who are set up. And so if we, if and when we are, you know, cruising with some buzz with uh, this new record, these new, new videos, you know, people start jumping on. If there were a situation where we got some radio play and started getting popular, I bet a bunch of labels would come at us with some pretty decent record deals and we would be right. there. But until that happens, if that happens, we'll have to see. It's trick. It, it's 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 tri- it's tricky as far as um, you know. What is the future of of music? If it, we we just want maximum creative control and to be able to not let a business model that they don't give a shit about us at some point in time to get in the way of us being able to move forward. And that's sort of what happened with the label that we were on is that they capped us from being able to do what we do and you know it's like cool we got a giant credit card that we have to pay back versus you know and we don't own our masters right yeah we don't even own we don't even own the shit anymore and so it's like if we can have if we can pull this thing off independently you know that's you know whatever donald uh, or childish gambino style macklemore style if we can pull that off damn like that's what we and then sign a really big distribution deal, partner up with some private investing. There's so many options now for bands to get money, you know. And it's also a lot easier to make content that works, and a lot more cost effective to make content that works. What does so, that model look like for young for for bands? That the private investment model that's kind of a newer thing. Sure. Well, we've uh, we've experienced a little bit of that in our in our experience. Um, it, I think it tends to come from people who are just really excited about the arts this mm-hmm. you know in our experience people who sold a, a tech business you know sold a software business for like 500 million bucks and right. decides you know what i want to be i want to be involved in the arts and so that's that's a really great person to find but it's a similar thing where you got to read the, the contract with a fine-tooth comb you got to have a lawyer you got to have a, a manager in place to sort of help you navigate those waters because they can just as easily become the same as a label and keep you from achieving your dreams if the contract allows you to so it, it's really not that hard to find. You can just start sending people stuff. Just be like, hey, check out my music. You've got money. You so are there, are there venture capitalists that are out there doing this in the music? Just yeah, straight absolutely. up music venture capitalists? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And they, kind of you know, some of them, some of them are, are, are selling it as a label. Some of them are selling it as like, a, like, a, like a, an artist community, like a collective. But it's out there. There's a lot of people doing it. Right. They see that labels aren't doing it anymore. They see that there's a need. And I think they're taking a risk. So for the people, for those that don't know what the battle is around or the need, the, the, the desire to own your own masters, because this is something that, you know, Kanye was talking about today while he's also building a wall around his um, compound. He's literally building a wall around his compound. But so now Kanye and, and, and Tay-Tay, Taylor, are, are both being loud advocates for owning your own masters. Of course, this is something that a lot of artists have gone through. I don't know if a lot of people really understand why you would want to. Can you explain that real quick? Well, it's, and what they are, just what, what is the master, right? Let's just go to the, the basics of it for, for folks coming in that, that don't usually pay close attention to anything other than the, you know, the music they hear. I mean, it's sort of divided up into different sections as far as the, like the, the, who wrote the song lyrics and the music versus the actual recording of the song. 
versus the ability to recreate the song and do a cover of it and um and that, you know how that money is split up individually and how the song is used for maybe in taylor swift situation being used for something that she doesn't stand for right so that right. the label can continue to make money and profit off of her material that she's not necessarily interested in a pepsi commercial or whatever it might be and so at once signing a deal with the label depending on what the what the deal is you can you're giving away control over the aspect of it for the limited time or for forever or what it might you know whatever it might be and so time yeah there's a weird there's a weird there's a weird balance with that because it's you know by signing with a label you are giving you're getting power to reach people you're getting power for connections to sort of get the word out and to have people even know that you exist or that you did put out a release and the trade-off for that is that a label wants to take control over you know let's say the uh rolling stones or taylor swift or whoever library forever to be able to keep profiting off of that right and right. you know um you know have this sort of i think a lot of the labels make a lot of money off of the back catalog of say like led zeppelin or something like that right where they just keep are able to uh box set you know 2020 box set and just keep repackage Right. Yep, and just keep milk, just keep milking it forever. So, is this why some artists you'll see on Spotify that they'll re-record their old hits and repost them to Spotify? Yeah, pro- pro- probably. Yeah, one thing, and that's even in itself a pretty tricky, tricky route to follow. You got to do it right. A little bit. I just change gears a little bit into something that some people might kind find kind of interesting. Because I know I am interested in it. Besides making music and videos, you guys are also working with Elon Musk of all people on rocket engine tech. Mm-hmm. And you're also involved with this neural link company. So are you just doing the soundscape design for like future Mars travel and kind of like the travel into the mind, the neural link stuff? What's the story with that? That's actually a really interesting question because a lot of people would, I, I would assume think that what we do is actually music related. Yeah. Right. Well, I but, sure do. But, yeah. but funny enough, like we don't, uh, we don't do a whole lot of, like Logan and I were musicians and doing the band thing, Mitty Matilda thing way before we got involved in any of that, that was kind of thrown upon us. So in a way the band is like our, our, our release. It's like our, our way of just kind of getting stressed out after dealing with these huge, these huge egos and these huge, you know, international issues, space related issues. We, yeah, but we're very grateful to be a part of it. That's great. Now, can you talk much about what Musk is doing with the Neuralink stuff and with the the, uh, the Mars or, you know, we, we can't we probably can't tell you more than you already know. Um, but uh, you're aware of what it is, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Aware. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we, do, we are gonna... up first for the first 50 people to receive them. So that's we'll be able to tell you after that. Well, I, you know, that's, that's I mean, it's just so, so interesting that you guys are involved with the 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 colonization of Mars, man. You know, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big thing. I was kind of hoping, honestly, and it's neat that you're involved in the, the more important stuff, but I was kind of hoping that you would be involved in the soundtrack to like, you know, taking off to Mars and it was going to be like mini Matilda songs. Well, Damn, we would yeah. love to be. Yeah. And Skylar, you're being quite modest earlier about, you know, being one of the potential first users of this technology yeah yeah you're right i i know you can't say much about it but if you're listening out there these guys are more than just musicians they're like working on the neural link mental 
robot, AI, Android, human future. All right. Lots of deep learning. Deep yep. learning. Very interested in the deep learning algorithms. We're working on algorithms. stuff right now. It's going to change. We think it's going to help change the world. Silicon Valley stuff. That's really Valley. impressive. Well, thanks for all those details. I feel like hey, we've, no, yeah, we've learned sure. a lot I wish more. I could give you more. Sorry. No, it's cool. It's cool. So the other thing that you guys have been doing is, this is also interesting. It's just crazy how many things you're involved in. You guys recently ghost produced a show on aliens for the History Channel. I mean, what's that all about? Are there really aliens? Did you learn anything behind the scenes that you, that you maybe can't talk about in public, but you could share on a very, 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 very small podcast? That, like, sure. Lowe, do you want to take that one? Nobody's listening. Let's just say there's something going on that's, uh, that's expanding and um, it's coming. It's, um, it's a very special time to be alive. These Tic Tacs, these soaring Tic Tacs are, um, they're interesting. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. okay. I'm just trying to protect you. I'm just trying to protect us. Okay. From, thank okay. You so much. I think, I think what people should just know is that when you hear a story like, Hey, we discovered life on Venus in the clouds of Venus, or, you know, back in the nineties or whenever Bill Clinton came out and said, we discovered life on Mars. Um, it's best to be skeptical. You have to be skeptical because you can only believe the things that you objectively see with your own eyes. And, and so for us to come out and say, yeah, it's all true. And all this, you know, people aren't going to believe us anyway, even if we presented you know, like, uh, you know, special materials that we have discovered or that the government has discovered or things like that, which I, again, I'm already saying too much, but if we were to do that, people still wouldn't believe it. So I I'm excited. And I know Logan's excited to, for the most part, be, you know, just, situating and, and propping ourselves up to be helping to release that information at some point. Well, I don't so. think it takes, it's, it's pretty obvious to me that you guys are sitting at the nexus of something amazing. On one hand, you're ghost producing the, the, the documentary. What's that show called? Un, uh, unidentified. Unidentified. But, and that's obviously about UFOs and, and aliens. On the other hand, you're working closely and directly with Elon Musk on Mars technology. I are I just I don't know. It seems like kind of obvious that maybe you two are the bridge between Elon Musk and extraterrestrials. Is that is that a stretch? Am I am I reaching too far? You're um, absolutely in the ballpark. Yeah, Elon Musk, um, Neil, De, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, the the whole gang. All yeah. Star. Um, huh. You know, I, I would I would say that you're 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 barking up the right tree. And also that majority of Logan and mine's involvement, at least right now with Elon, I think it's safe for me to say that it's not only aliens. And in fact, I would say at the moment, that's actually kind of the, for, at least for me, and I think Logan may agree, that's almost the less impressive thing we're working on is aliens, because I think most people on the earth can, anybody who's a free thinking individual or somewhat of an intellectual can believe mm -hmm. that there is probably life out there. And if you're on that boat, you're on the right boat. But also, there are some even more interesting things going on. And Elon is, is on the forefront of that. Such a genius, such a visionary. Let me, let um, me ask you yeah. to say, so Logan, tell us your last name. It's Grimay. Mm -hmm. Skyler, what's, uh, what's Elon's baby mama's name? Oh, oh, you're right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's also Grimay's. Yeah. So uh -huh. 
All right. Sometimes I go by yeah. My name is spelled G R I M E, and sometimes I dance between the two, grime or gourmet. So yeah, I'm not saying anything. I'm just pointing out. I'm just pointing that out. Just pointing that out. Take it for take it. Take it. You guys can do your sleuthing, okay? I would say the only hint I'll give you maybe is just Reddit. You know, just just go look on Reddit. You'll find what you're looking for. So, getting back to something a little more. I wouldn't say reality-based because we just talked about a lot of reality. It's just kind of crazy. Do you use much alien technology in the making of your music or videos? That's a very loaded question. And yeah. on, on and and we have to be careful because the people we work for uh, may not in, enjoy knowing the extent to which we utilize the technology. We let's just say this: we're not supposed to use <laughs> okay. it for music. Um, right. We have been, uh, let's just say we've been thinking about it. Okay. I think that's a, that's a great way to introduce a possibly alien tech enhanced song that you guys are, that you guys just released a few days ago on October 1st called Feel Like That. Feel Like That is your, your new track, your new jam. I want to play that right now. Can we play that? Can we play that for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's go there. And then we're going to come back and talk about a kind of deconstruct the song. Is there a video that's going to go with that song? Yes. Right. We're going to talk about that as well and point you uh, to where you can find that. All right. So uh, listen up. This is Feel Like That. Wake up feeling like I just drank the bar. At least the bottom shelf. Head's still spinning. I'm not sure where you
tell me about that song. When when was it written? Is that an is that an older one that you just finished up? Is that brand new? Uh, how'd that song come about? Feel like that was a track. I, I went on a bit of a hiatus of making tracks for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan's also a track maker. He makes amazing amazing song beds and tracks for me to. Uh, top line on or if nobody if people don't know what that means top line means to if you're a songwriter you take a track that's already made and you just put a song on it so i do a lot of that with logan's tracks and there's several of those i think uh three of those on the new ep are logan's tracks that i wrote on and this is one that i this is one track that i made that i found uh, this keyboard player in africa who um is a very talented person and took some parts that he was making and basically came up with the main riff that way i kind of tweaked it a little bit and then added some key parts of my own and then that that one took a while that was like a three-week process to make that track and song it usually takes me a really long time to make tracks. now are you doing that in isolation uh, across town from logan or you guys are doing it yeah a bit? that was that was one that i did by myself logan and i also make stuff together and, and one of the tracks on the ep one of my favorites called broken is actually one that we went out to uh to needles California and made just the two of us together. We can talk about that too. But in this case, it was one that I made by myself. And then uh, I remember I was driving to the store because it's really hard to find a good hook. If it's not already there, you don't already have it. If it didn't just naturally get there, you may never find it or it may never happen or it's going to take you a long time. I was lucky enough to be on my way to the store and the uh, my life is just a game until you play it at line. Kind of just jumped in my head and I, was, and I, I parked my car. I recorded it. And I said out loud to myself, that's a fucking song. And I love it when that happens. It's so rare that a song just like is oh, obviously good. It's ready to go. But that was, that was how this one honestly so happened. So you had, you had yeah. the melody and everything that popped in or just the line? Yeah, I wrote the whole melody first. I wrote the verses were pretty much done. The bridge wasn't done. But I was just, you know, once you, when, if you don't have a chorus, you got nothing. Even if you have a great track and great verses and a great bridge. So I stopped writing and just kind of was, you know, taking my time, just driving around. Yeah, very lucky that that popped into my head. So that that all kind of came together really, really easily after that, very quickly. I, I remember being super nervous when I sent it to Jason and Logan because, you know, I always send them my stuff to see if they like it or not. If they give me a thumbs up and it gets a chance to make it on a record. If it's, okay, who's, not it, then who's Jason? Jason's our manager. Jason's our manager. And he's he, we love showing him stuff because Jason, he lets us do things without any opinion. He will just like not give us an opinion if we don't want one. But recently we found that uh, just having him sort of weigh in can sort of as you can imagine with a with a two piece it's nice to have that mm-hmm. third perspective sometimes so yeah he'll give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down and that can make a, that can make a lot of difference for me for sure to rewind just a second that's a that is i love that story for um just a game though i think the we have to talk about feel like that the song that we just played just a game is the song that's coming out oh right okay you're talking about just a moron yeah. I'm I, I was I'm just sorry, I was just sitting here going I don't remember that line in the song I just heard my fucking bad guys <laughs> I I'm thought maybe I wasn't listening carefully enough you know damn we get to double up damn. no it's good we do want to talk about just the game because that's coming out in a month with a video as well right uh huh okay so we got a lot of songs EPs videos coming out what's the best place for anyone listening right now to make sure that they are staying updated well all of our music comes out on Spotify we're most active on Instagram. Just because okay. that's where the party's at. I'm, I guess. I guess. Also, we're diving into the uh, the TikTok and all, all the different mediums, but we're sort of on on every on all the platforms. 
So just type MIDI Matilda into your search engine and it'll yeah. be fine. Right. But understand too, that when you do that, is it fair to say there's some likelihood that you might be, uh, the NSA might tag you? Everything's under surveillance. <laughs> All right. So feel like that. Who started that one up? Where did that song come from? That so one that was also song, <laughs> uh, So that song was uh, very similar in the sense that it was the, the very next track I made. It did take a while to make that track, but the song came very quickly. I think I had the song way before the track was there. I had the, give me one more chance, let me make you feel like that. It was kind of the hook, and I just knew that something needed to be built around that. So uh, I actually found uh, some piano parts from the same piano player. You know, I wish I had his name in front of me. I would absolutely give him a shout out right now. But, um, you know, I've taken stuff that he's made, crafted it, tweaked it. And then uh, what we had was the track. And then Logan took it from there and uh, did his thing with it. So what's the, Logan, are you the, the point person on the concept for your videos? Um, well, for, for many videos, I mean, so many of our videos have been a byproduct of, all right, how we have to have a video. So I will, so it's just sort of something that naturally pops into my head and then I, you know, bring it to Skylar and together we sort of navigate how to bring that to life and sort of how to tweak it and sort of make it something that we're both sort of on the, we're both in line with. We've been sort of becoming much more of a team collaborative effort when it comes to the videos and want to keep mm -hmm. sort of being able to pull, pull ideas out of Skylar that can be helpful for me to sort of team up with them and see them through like the video we did for apple pie there a bunch of that was ideas that skylar brought to the table and then we sort of you know collaborated on it yeah we've been also getting much more into having other people help us out in our videos the feel like that music video was i think well i guess all of them have been shot from somebody else but it was the first time that we had it was actually my stepbrother common shoot it with us in the and actually in the garage downstairs andy 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 way to go andy so all of your video I, I this might sound like like i'm just sort of kissing your ass a little bit but it's a true statement i think that your videos you, you'd be hard pressed to find a band that puts out more consistent videos that are both inventive and just fun like every time every time you guys do a video it's like whoa how'd they pull that off because alien technology obviously now that yeah. i know that you're really good at your craft with the video end of it i look forward to each one that that hits you guys should really check out mini matilda's just all of their videos just go on youtube and just start going down that rabbit hole no to feel like that video what's the premise there you guys are in the garage any does anything else happen or just so we we were we had this idea that we were messing with because we do um we we have a, a studio set up where we go, where we go and we take photos of ourselves for um, <laughs> for the internet. Yeah. We we yeah. basically have a photo studio and we go in there and we set it on a we set the camera on a timer and we get the lights going on a backdrop and then we we take photos and so this is something that was created during the pandemic so that we could you know get really creative and make make a bunch of content and consistently. And so we've gotten this rhythm of doing that each week. And this idea sort of came to mind that we were going to make gifts of us, you know, dancing and rotating around. And 
So like, how do we, what is this idea? How do we develop this? I was in the shower and I was like, I was like, oh, this could be like, maybe this is a music video idea of this sort of idea of rotating in a circle and dancing and creating this 3D effect where it's sort of difficult to explain, but it's, it's we film, if we filmed ourselves on a rotating turntable, right? And then you took those turntables and you placed them on a larger turntable on the edges of it, like a carousel, mm-hmm. it, would ap- it would appear, if the timing was matched, it would appear like we are three-dimensionally rotating around a turntable. Um, uh-huh. It's sort of a 2D effect that looks three-dimensional. And so there was this idea. And then when Skylar sent that song, I was at first sort of not connecting with it for maybe the, I usually listen to it like 15 times or so. And I listened to it and then I sort of discovered that I'm like, maybe this is my favorite song that Skylar's written pretty immediately. I'm like, this, this is it right here. And once that song was sent that day, when the music video idea popped in, I'm like, this could be a video. And he sent that song. I'm like, this is the perfect song for this video. And so we, found a turntable, like a four foot turntable at this effects rental place down here in LA. And we uh, put it in the garage and then we just filmed ourselves dancing on it. And then it's sort of the whole video is a sort of a 3D experience of this performance of us flying through, uh, flying through your brain. And that is released same time as the video, right? As the song. The EP and this music video and the song all come out at once, yeah. So I have a question for you guys about where you're at now, I think you already mentioned it, Skylar, but I want to know when you decide, when you had to make that leap of faith, like, man, it's going to be music. It sounds like you always made that leap of faith, Skylar. You just said, like, I just always wanted to be a rock star, right? What about you, Logan? Was there a point or, or multiple points when you had to retake that leap? Mm, ne- never, a, never a leap. I, I just look at it as you only live, you only live one time. And uh, we gotta just we gotta shoot for the shoot for the stars, and yeah, there's no ifs ands or buts with that. It's sort of like let's make let's make the coolest story of all time. Like, how do we make our life the coolest story of overcoming? Um, not overcoming anything. I guess sort of finding finding the excitement in the journey towards a thing. I guess it doesn't even matter what that thing is because we might. Like oh shit, we're headlining a arena or whatever it is, and we may say, "Damn, remember the good old days when we were just making this shit in the garage and pull that pulling off ideas that came into our imagination." That sort of getting out of the rat race and focusing on sort of just j- the joy in doing that each day is actually on an entirely different scale. But it can be difficult to it can be very difficult to see that in real time as opposed to looking at what is to come versus what is now and Mm -hmm. tapping into that. And that's, that is the win. You just, that is the actual reward. And so as long as we're doing that, nothing else matters. If we die right now, you got it. If we can keep, and it can be, it can be challenging sometimes because it's, what is, are we validated by people's, the way that people react to the Mm -hmm. things that we do? Like that's bullshit, but it is very difficult to to get disconnected from that. we practice and talk about a very regular basis how to not let these things interfere with our creativity and the process. Even even feedback from people can be just, it's like when someone says one thing, somebody can say something where it's, oh, I, oh, I think that's the best song. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a compliment in a way, mm-hmm. though 
at least at least me personally, I will spin that into well, that means you're saying that this song, which I think is the oh, best man. one, is is not the is not the best one, and you just fucked with my entire perspective. So it's like I think between Skylar and I, like Skylar and I is we are the safe space. Jason, our manager, is as well, but Skylar and I ultimately, it's sort of like keep this dream. It's not even, it's, yeah, I guess it's a dream. It's, we're no, it's, we're day, we are daydreaming, right? It's sort of like keep that relationship as tight as possible with what we want to create. I think we've done that over the last year in an entirely different way than we have ever done before. And it's, we are seeing it, uh, we're in the middle of seeing it come to life in an entirely different way because of allowing ourselves, allowing ourselves to, um, within the, you know, quote unquote journey, allowing ourselves to, fail and continue through that mm-hmm. it just it just empowers us to continue towards who knows like we don't know what the fuck the future holds but like let's you know if we can be comfortable with mars. quote unquote failing we will be on mars mm-hmm. playing for all the people down on earth digitally we can hope i want to take it back a little bit uh when you talk about your road and your path and you know one day playing arenas you guys did play arenas you you opened for duran duran you opened for capital cities you were at one point the huffington post said that you were a band uniquely poised for imminent world takeover i mean you guys were were rolling and then sadly and suddenly your old manager passed away and that was a really big deal he was a friend someone you guys loved and the sudden passing can you kind of talk about that career path, that ascendancy arc, and the, the sort of derailment that happened there and how you guys pulled yourself back up. Well, like you said, when um, Steve was, you know, Steve was in, instrumental in mm-hmm. taking us to, to the point that we got to. I mean, everything was Steve. The best shows we played were Steve's. The best connections we had were his. Meeting you. And that's how a lot of the vision was his, you know. Meeting you is how, you know, I have that right. Steve. Um, so yeah, like you said, when, when Steve passed, not only was it losing an extremely close friend and that was in itself hard enough, but then we were left with no roadmap and we had this big label that they weren't treating us any differently because Steve passed, they didn't care. Um, so our sort of our, our connection point or our, uh, you know, our leader was, uh, was gone. And so we, yeah, we, we, we floundered for, for several years trying to manage it ourselves while being backlogged by backlogged by this label. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's, but, you know, as, as tragic as it's been, I think that has built a lot of resilience in our team and in us to, to know that we can, we could survive pretty much anything at this point. And, you know, label can drop us, manager can die, bad things can happen, but you know, we got each other and it, it, we wouldn't be as strong or nearly as, as effective as we are today if uh, we didn't go through some stuff. So, but yeah, what, that, was, what, that was a really tough time. Yeah, Skyler and I, when all sort of within a year period of time, we went from playing in bands where, you know, your, your friends and family are the people at the show to playing shows and releasing music to where there were people at our shows that we did not know. That, I mean, that, right. is, that is a fundamental shift in, from, for a band. That is not if you can get one person to show up to your show, that is, that's huge. That's, that's, that's incredible in, in my eyes. And that was sort of all happening at once when we met Steve. And when 
and we, we got we basically you know, we signed to this label we everything was starting to move we we're going to go on tour this that and the other and then when he when he when he passed away we were we just didn't know how to operate in that in that realm and we um, actually worked with several managers too and they've all been they've all been great in their own way you know and um you know but but having worked with multiple people too i think has given us even now at this point in time a much uh a much clearer perspective on how great steve actually was and to mention our the, the relationship that we have now with our current manager jason was he he actually worked at the label and was a, is instrumental in signing us to that label he oh, also okay. he's yeah he soon he left that label soon after that and he was sort of our which is something that's very common where an artist or a band signs to a label and then sort of the key person that was their relationship that relationship with that you know leaves and then you're just left you know with the, without the the passion for you know the thing that got you signed to the label to begin with right and so and so jason has been somebody that has um always stood by you know what we've been doing since the beginning and it and traditionally doesn't manage bands he does now but he um sort of was always supporting us and he at this point he's absolutely fundamental towards you know everything that we are doing in an incredible way and he sort of just he keeps us moving forward and ties everything together and so now we have a relationship with our manager that's that's uh incredibly valuable to us. for anything better yeah, yeah. oh that's, that's Leckberg enterprises. look them up what's that restate that Leckberg Leckberg enterprises look them up it's been really interesting over nearly a decade now watching you guys have this rise and then a pause or the floundering years, as you say. Hmm. But you have then, as you just stated, put everything back together, kept everything together, grown and got stronger. Ten years is a long time for a band to stay together. And then you also made a big shift by moving out of the California Bay Area. You both came down to Los Angeles. Yes. Has that done much for you musically? Have you found the musical scenes to be wildly different? Or is it just more of a, of a career job thing for you? How has LA been treating you? The, the thing that's tricky to explain that's, you know, who in certain ways it's that you can't pinpoint a specific benefit to that move that, you know, oh, well, you know, this connection happened because of this, or you were able to meet with so-and-so mm -hmm. because you were in the neighborhood, though. It's sort of a, it's a mindset shift of taking things, just truly committing to let's go where the, let's go where the artists are that are also aiming to do something creative, put something creative into the world. And I think just the, by being around that locks you in to that way of thinking not being in the bay you know in the bay area it's tech baby it's like you want it you're in tech you are in and if right. um just by being just by being down here if you can just uh, just be between sky and i think of what we have accomplished since we have been down here now is there anything to blame or any anything to point at to say oh it's because of this or is it just because it's in the air i don't know no it makes sense if you're wanting to get into the tech industry moving to the bay area i'm certain would be uh immersive and would would fire up your engines in that way as well plus you guys are doing so much work in silicon valley with elon and everyone still so it's not like you've lost that connection right it's true 
Um, we, do, <laughs> we do this on the podcast. We have a super nice challenge where our guests issue a challenge to listeners to do something they can do to just make their world, the world, uh, a little bit nicer. You guys can issue one if you have anything in mind. Now is the time. I have one that came to mind that I think is, is a fun one to do. And that's just to think of somebody that may, it may make you uncomfortable to do this slightly and simply just write a text message to them, letting them know what makes them important. And that's it. Just let them know, be like, hey, you know, whatever you want to say to whoever it is. And if you don't feel, actually feel that, find it. Find, find a way to find anything and think about it through their eyes. Like what would make me, what would make me feel awesome right now? Mm. And send that to that person and then just set it and forget it and see what happens. That's great. All right. So the challenge, the mini Matilda super nice challenge is think of somebody you like, maybe that you don't like, that would be even harder uh, and send them something by text to make them feel good. Like what, what is, what's great about that person that will give them a confidence boost. Fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I like it. I like it. I'll do it. I'll send, I'll send a text to you guys when we're done recording here. That's I'm going to have to, that's I'm gonna have to too, dig for a while. I'm going to have to dig. No, I'm going to have to dig to say something nice. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's just a scout. Okay. So do you guys have a question for me? Guests get to flip it for a moment. They can ask a question of me and I'll give it my best. Hmm. Why did you leave Healdsburg? Why did I leave Healdsburg? Well, I left Healdsburg for Santa Rosa. Or do you mean from the Sonoma County to LA? Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. What brought you to LA? Like, what's your dream? In oh, music, guys. I, did I tell you about my band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. Um, I've always loved LA. I really have. I have always loved Los Angeles. Um, and not that I haven't liked the Bay Area. Um, I do like the Bay Area. LA has always been a place that when I come down here, I feel fired up. It's not unlike what you guys are saying, but it's, there's just a lot of writers down here, photographers, musicians, creative scene. And when I come down and I walk around uh, and I meet people, I just tend to meet random folks and get in great conversations and feel inspired. The big thing about LA for me, even when I was in my late twenties, I remember uh, working on a, a, a show, a TV show and working with a number of people that were in their early twenties and just feeling like they were handing my ass to me. They were just sharper, smarter, better, faster in every way. And it was the first time I felt kind of old. And I also kind of loved it because I'm like, man, I really need to be better at what I'm doing to, to hang with these young cats. And LA always makes me feel like that. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So it was just time. It was time for me to come down. And also, it's a really hard time for LA right now. The homeless situation is really tricky. The city itself is not at its best in a lot of ways. I mean, a lot of cities aren't. It's tough all over in the United States. And I like that. I like to be where the work needs to be done. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. So that's why LA. Hey, LA. Love you. Hope you love me back. La la. <laughs> the Super Nice Club needs LA and vice versa. Absolutely. Three more. All right. So... Find Mini Matilda all over the Instrawebs, Instrawebs, Instagrams, TikToks, Facebooks, websites. These guys, this band, are fantastic. If you like, what do you call yourselves? Indie, indie pop music? What's the, what's the genre? I have a hard pop time with fiction. genres. There's a thousand genres. Pop fiction. pop fiction. If you like pop fiction, you'll love Mini Matilda. That was pretty, that wasn't that bad, was it? 
It was kind of bad. Right? No, it was oh, kind of bad. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. It's hot in this little no, podcast no. booth. God. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you both for being on. Thanks for uh, Thank you. making your music and for spending some time with us today. Thank, Thank you, for, God. Thank you for putting a spark into the world of, uh, of adding something actually good into people's minds. <laughs> Doing a nice job. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you too, bro. And there you have it. There you have it. And there you have it. A super nice conversation with Skylar and Logan, Nady Matilda. A lot to kind of, a lot to kind of think about there, right? A lot to process. Wish that I could say more, tell you more. I just can't. I don't know any more than what, what I just learned with you. My recommendation is to just dive into Minnie Matilda's uh, library, all of their songs, looking for inspiration, uh, looking for just great songs to, to listen to and, and enjoy. But if you want to look deeper, I would say comb the lyrics for hints, right? These guys have been working with Elon. These guys have possibly been working with, if not directly with aliens, the ghosts of aliens for some time. And I don't, I don't want to be, I just, I, make your own conclusions. I've gone through all of their lyrics. I actually have them on sheets in this podcast studio all around me, blown up. And it sounds a little obsessive, but I, I gosh, sometimes I wish this was a video podcast. You could see all the, the lines and the diagrams and the circles and the, you know, making between the, the, the different, the different, the different, the different lyrics and stuff. And, 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 and there's just so much information here. There's so much information here. I'm convinced that, that, that I've, I'm, I'm, I'm close to breaking free. I'm close to breaking free of the game. Uh, I'm sure there will be a version of me left behind that continues the podcast and continues to work with Super Nice Club because uh, there's got to be contingency plans for those of us who escape. Uh, you know, if we just kind of winked out and disappeared, people would be like, what's up? We're obviously in a simulation, right? No, um, it's, you know, Nirvana is close. I, I, I can feel it. Anyway, <laughs> hey, so remember to become a Super Nice Club Insider, text 310-421-0393, and you'll be just, you'll be an insider. You'll get all kinds of cool information. It's the fun part of the Super Nice Club, all right? We do scavenger hunts. We crack jokes. It's just, it's fun. It's, it's more personal. Even though it is digital over text, it's better. It's the best part of the club. Anyway, all right. Hope you enjoyed this, this super cool, super vital, uh, world-changing, possibly universe-altering edition of Nice Work. Stay nice, everyone. So what? Eat deal.